good evening. Good evening. I'd like to welcome you up here this evening. What an interesting day. Uh, I took a picture today, and then, you know, Missy was sitting there, and I reached over to show her the picture. <laughs> what she think about it? I don't know. You don't know? But I do know one thing. I think that shows that I'm losing my mind. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 5. We'll be looking at verses 17 through 31. Daniel 5, 17 through 31. Now, tonight... I want to look at evangelism. In particular, I want to look at the message of evangelism. We are to go everywhere and share the gospel message with all those that need to hear it. Yet... What we see happening in some places is instead of the true gospel message going out, the true gospel message going to the people who need to hear it, it's watered down. We're not to share a watered down gospel. We're to share the truth of God's message, even when the truth hurts, even when people do not want to hear the truth. And we have an example of this throughout the book of Daniel. I mean, for instance, when King Nebuchadnezzar, before he was pretty much afflicted by God and driven from men for seven years where his hair grew long like feathers and his fingernails grew long like talons and he ate grass like an ox that's punishment coming from God Daniel told him what the dream meant and it was not something the king wanted to hear but it was something he needed to hear And we're going to look at that as well in Daniel chapter 5. Look at Daniel 5, verses 17 through 31. It's written, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Keep thy rewards to thyself, and give thy gifts to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and show him the interpretation. O king, hear thou. The Most High God gave unto Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and honor and glory. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. He put to death whom he would, he smote whom he would, whom he would he he set up, and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was puffed up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his honor from him. He was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God bare rule over the kingdom of men, and he appointeth over it 
whomsoever he pleaseth. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all these things, but hast lifted thyself up against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy princes, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which neither see, neither hear, nor understand, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and all thy ways, him hast thou not glorified. Then was the palm of the hand sent from him, and hath written this writing. And this is the writing that he hath written. Mini, mini, tekel eupharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mini, God hath numbered thy kingdom, and hath finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balance, and found too light. Perez, thy kingdom is divided, and given to the Medes and Persians. Then at the commandment of Belshazzar, they clothed Daniel with purple, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him, that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. The same night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain, and Darius of the Medes took the kingdom, being threescore and two years old. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us, Lord, as we look into your word and study your word. Help us, Lord, to look to your word. Help us, Lord, to look to you for guidance. And, Lord, again, we lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that are going to make it tonight. We just lift them up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would give me the words to say, that you would hide me behind the cross, and let the words that are spoken be your words. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Cold red alert. What does that mean? Please keep preaching. Oh. I don't know. It, uh, it just said cold red alert. Press any key. You can't press any key on the rotary phone. No, that, that one over there is a press the keys. Yeah, I know. Anyway, now, what had happened? If we go back and look in chapter 5, Belshazzar was king of Babylon, and he was having a party. And during this party, he had... All the golden vessels from the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had captured and destroyed, the temple in Jerusalem, he had all the golden vessels taken out of storage and brought into the party, and then they started to drink wine from them, defiling them. And they praised the gods of wine and gold and silver and wood and stone and all these things, and, then, and they didn't give glory to God. They pretty much were blaspheming God. But, if you think about it, why were they having this party? Because they felt they were safe. Now, if you look back in history, what had been going on is Babylon had continued, the Babylonian Empire had continued to get weaker and weaker. And the Media Persian Empire began to get stronger and stronger. And by the time that this party was taking place, Babylon was under siege. The Medes and the Persians had their army 
pretty much surrounding the city of Babylon. Yet, Babylon was such a big city and such a great city, it could withstand this siege. It had the Euphrates River running right through it. They had enough water that they could withstand the siege. They had enough food stored that they could withstand the siege. Yet, what happened was, is the Medes and the Persians dammed the Euphrates River. It dried the Euphrates River going into the city, and the army of the Medes and Persians pretty much walked under the, the metal gates that was set up in the river and invaded the city. Now, Belshazzar didn't know this was happening, but God did because God ordained it. As we see Daniel telling Belshazzar, God is the one that sets up who he pleases. And he showed that to Nebuchadnezzar when he pretty much humbled Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride. Now, when you think about how they brought the golden instruments of the temple into this party and defiled them, now I want you to think about something. This was something, bringing those golden instruments out and defiling them, that was something Nebuchadnezzar would never do. That's the difference between Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar. When Nebuchadnezzar was humbled, he was humbled and he gave glory to God. He would never defile the, temp the instruments of the temple. But Belshazzar was so lifted in pride, he thought that he was greater than God and he defiled these instruments. Something, again, as Nebuchadnezzar would never do. And as they were doing this, Belshazzar sees a hand, a disembodied hand, start writing on the wall. And that's the hand of God. And he wrote something that, that uh, Belshazzar didn't understand. He wrote something in Hebrew. Mina, Mina, Tekel, Eupharsim. And it said that Belshazzar was so scared by this, his knees were, were knocking together. And he called all the astrologers and soothsayers and all these people in there for them to read the writing on the wall, and they couldn't read it. But the queen remembered Daniel. And she said, you know, when, when things would happen, Nebuchadnezzar would call Daniel, and Daniel would interpret these dreams. So they called Daniel in there. And, of course, Belshazzar's like, oh, if you read this, I'll make you the ruler of the land, and you'll get all these praises and gifts and all these things. And Daniel, we see the humility of Daniel. He said, keep all these things for yourself. I'll read what, what's on the wall. Keep your gifts, keep your rewards, and give them to another. And I want you to think about something. Look at what happens. Instead of just reading the words, Daniel tells Belshazzar what Belshazzar needed to hear. He didn't sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. How many times do we try to sugarcoat the message? 
We're not to sugarcoat the message of God. We're to speak, if you're a pastor, you're to speak what the Lord puts on your heart even when it offends other people. If you're going out to share the gospel with someone, you tell them what the Lord puts on your heart to tell them. If they're lost, you tell them they're lost and you tell them what they need to do to be saved because that is what they need to hear. They need to hear that they're sinful, that they're lost, and someone died for them, and that they can have forgiveness of sins, and they can have salvation and eternal life. We can't sugarcoat it. And instead of just reading the words, Daniel tells Belshazzar everything God wanted Belshazzar to know. Now I want you to think about something else. The message that Daniel gives to Belshazzar, if Belshazzar wanted to, he could have had Daniel put to death. Because you're not to scold the king. And that's exactly what Daniel did. He scolded the king for his pride. Now look at what happens. He recounts what happened because of the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. We see that in verses 18 through 21. Again, if you look back in chapter 4, because of pride, Nebuchadnezzar was forced by God to be pretty much driven away from men, living outside, his hair grown so long it looked like eagle's feathers, his fingernails grown so long they looked like talons of a bird and he ate grass like an ox and that was God humbling him. And guess how long that lasted? It lasted seven years. And then at the end of that penalty that God had done, God gave Nebuchadnezzar back his reasoning. And what happened right after that? Nebuchadnezzar glorified God. And look at what Daniel said in verse 22. O Belshazzar, and thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all these things. Belshazzar knew that that had happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He knew it had happened, yet he didn't humble himself. He was lifted in pride. Now think about something else. How did Daniel know what Belshazzar had done? Think about it. In verse 23, But thou hast lifted thyself up against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy princes, thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which neither see, neither hear, nor understand. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and all thy ways, him hast thou not glorified. Daniel couldn't have known these things on his own. Daniel wasn't even in the room. God revealed it to Daniel. Because God gave a message to Daniel that he wanted Belshazzar to hear and know. 
This is why, Belshazzar, you're about to be judged, found wanting, found guilty, and you're about to be punished. Daniel couldn't have known these things about the vessels of the temple being brought in there because Daniel wasn't even there when all that was taking place. God revealed it to Daniel just as he revealed the writing on the wall to Daniel. What was going on with that wall? So God reveals the message to Daniel because it's the message he wants Daniel to convey to Belshazzar. He revealed it to him. And think about something else. How popular do you think that message was? How popular do you think that message was going to be? Now let's think about this. What was Daniel doing? He was accusing the king of Babylon of pride, of being lifted up, of being sinful. That's the first thing. Then he was accusing the king of Babylon of blasphemy, of idolatry. defiling the temple instruments. That was not a popular message. And what Daniel was telling the king, accusing the king of doing these things, Daniel could have been put to death on the spot. But I want you to think about something else. Did Daniel care? No. Daniel was going to deliver the message God wanted to deliver, even if it cost him his life. Because Daniel was serving God. He was serving God. So it was not a proper message. It was not a popular message. And it was not a message that tickled the ears of the king of the Babylonians. How many pastors today tickle the ears of the congregation? How many pastors today are so concerned about offending someone in the congregation that they won't preach on hell? They won't preach on sin. They won't preach about repentance and what it truly means. They won't preach about Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is what people need to hear. They won't preach a message of the cross. Instead, they're going to smile and preach what the people want to hear because they don't want to lose their job. The message of the cross is an offense. Mm And people are going to be offended by it. And we need to tell people what they need to hear, not tickle their ears. And we see that in the example of Daniel. 
what Daniel was telling the king of Babylon, Daniel could have been put to death. But it was the message that God wanted conveyed to the king, and it was a message of truth, and it made the king confront his sin. Think about that. What Daniel was telling Belshazzar, it made Belshazzar confront his sin. Because what was going on? Belshazzar was coming face to face with God. That was God's hand that wrote on that wall. And it was God's hand that was telling Belshazzar, you're about to die. You're about to die. It made Belshazzar confront a sin. But then after conveying the unpopular message, that's when Daniel gets to the reading of or the writing on the wall. After accusing Belshazzar of pride, of blasphemy, of idolatry, then he reads what God put on the wall. Why? Because he's saying, Belshazzar, this is why you're being judged. What God has written, mina mina tekel you parson, that's the judgment. Think about that. That's the judgment. But God also revealed to Daniel why Belshazzar was being judged. And think about something else. Daniel didn't say, you're being judged for your sin. Daniel told Belshazzar what sins he had committed. This is why you're being judged. These are the sins. Why you're being judged. Because God had revealed it. Now think about this. He reads the interpretation, or the writing on the wall. He gives the interpretation. Meaning, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. So the first thing he tells him, this is the punishment, Belshazzar. Your kingdom's over. Can you imagine telling a king that? Your kingdom is over. Tekel, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. You don't, pretty much, you don't measure up to what God expects of a king. Mm -hmm. You don't measure up. So your kingdom's over, you don't measure up, and then Perez, your kingdom is divided and it's going to be given to the enemies that are right outside these walls. The Medes and the Persians are going to conquer the Babylonian Empire. That's what Daniel is telling Belshazzar. Can you imagine conveying that message to a king? Would it be a popular message? No. It wouldn't be a popular message at all. 
but it was the message that God wanted conveyed to Belshazzar because it was the truth and it made Belshazzar confront his sin. He knew exactly why he was being judged. And as a pastor, that's the message that a pastor should convey when it comes to sin. This is why sin is judged. What sin? Any sin. Name the sin. But that's also the message that we're to convey to people that are lost. This is why you're going to be judged. It doesn't matter what the sin is, it's going to be judged because it's a violation of God's law. But Brother Jeff, we're under grace and not the law. No, we're still under the law. Yeah, we're under God's grace. Because of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he has fulfilled the law and we're no longer judged by the law. But those people that are lost, they're still judged by the law. People that are lost are still judged by the law because they are not a partaker of God's grace. They've rejected Jesus Christ. If they've heard the gospel message and they reject it, they have rejected Jesus Christ, they are still judged by the law of God. Because remember what Christ said, he came not to do away with the law, he came to fulfill it. He came to fulfill the law. Only when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior are you a partaker of God's grace. And because, remember what Paul says, we're saved by grace through faith. What does that mean? To be a partaker of grace, you have to be saved. You have to receive Jesus Christ to partake of God's grace. Then you're under grace and not the law. But before that, you're under the law. And what does the law say? The law says that if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're guilty and you're already judged. We see that in John 3.18. People always read John 3.16, but they forget John 3.18 where it says that those that do not know Christ are judged already. And that's not a popular message. Just like Daniel, Daniel reads the writing on the wall and he lets know, the king know exactly what God has in store for him. And that was not a popular message because he's telling the king, your kingdom is done. And it's going to be given to your enemies the ones who are right outside these gates invading this city right now because they dammed the river. Think about the message that Daniel tells him. Because of your sins, you're losing your kingdom. That was the message. Because of your sins, you're losing the kingdom and what else? 
It's going to be given to the Medes and the Persians, and the Medes and the Persians were going to kill him. And that's what happened. Because, what does it say? It says the king died that very night. Because the Medes and the Persians captured him and killed him. Not a popular message. Not a message that would want to be heard. I mean, the king didn't want to hear that his kingdom was over. He didn't want to hear that the kingdom was going to be given to the Medes and Persians because he knew what that meant for him. Mm -hmm. He was going to be put to death. Mm -hmm. Yet, Daniel did not hide the truth from the king. Think about that. He didn't hide the truth from the king. He told the king what God wanted the king to know and what God wanted the king to know was the truth. Why he was being punished. What the sin was and what the penalty for that sin was going to be. The judgment that was going to result because of the sin. And that's the same message or the same type of message we are to convey to others. Or to tell them the truth of God's word. We're to convey to them what they need to hear. Not what they want to hear. What they need to hear. That people are sinful. What the results of that sin will be. But we also are to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. That they can have forgiveness when they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. That they can come to a saving knowledge of Christ by repenting of their sin. It won't be popular, yet we need to be like Daniel and tell the truth of God's word even when it's not going to be popular. Because we're to tell the truth to those to whom God sends us in this lost and dying world. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can learn from it. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us at this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, just to look to you and your will in all things. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. See? Number 275, I surrender.